The Wedding DJ's podcast, show number three, The Value of a Good DJ. And welcome back to the Wedding DJs podcast. This week's show, we're going to be talking about what is the value of a good DJ. And more importantly, telling you what exactly a DJ does, what their responsibilities are uh, in the greatest moments of your big day. First of all, I think that there needs to be a little bit of clarification. There's a lot of great DJs out there. Don't get us wrong. There's guys that really, really specialize in just doing the house, and, 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 and they're great at a bar. They really know how to keep the dance floor full for that situation. But something a lot of people don't keep in mind is that when you go out and you have a good time with your friends and you're partying and you're on the dance floor, that DJ's doing a great job of keeping you guys happy and playing the songs you guys want to hear. But you have to remember that you don't have your parents there. You don't have your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, and you don't have, you know, your younger brothers and sisters or nieces and nephews. So while that DJ is really, really good at keeping the floor full, walking up to him, getting his card and saying, hey, can you come and do my wedding may not be the best idea out there if that's really what it is that they specialize in. There's a lot of good wedding DJs, I think, out there that uh, they make a living playing at the bars and playing at the clubs. And oftentimes that's what they do best. So making sure that your DJ really is focused on producing a quality wedding, I think, is something that uh, we're going to discuss today and, and, and really tell what the difference is between hiring a quality DJ and just hiring somebody that, you know, you might have seen do a really good job at one event and, and maybe wouldn't be exactly the perfect person to do uh, something as important as a wedding because weddings are a full-out production it's not just mixing music you've got crucial cue points you've got uh guests that are making demands of the dj you've got schedule conflicts you might have a full timeline in front of you but nothing nothing in a wedding goes according to plan no, you can you can make all the timeline adjustments and everything that you want, but ultimately, somebody who's really really good at running that day and 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 making everything flow and keeping everybody entertained, you've got your your timeline and you've got it down to the minute, and you know exactly when you're going to have your first dance, and and you know some brides really really take this to heart and say, well, I'm going to design my perfect wedding and this is the way it's going to run, and you know what, what, 99% of the time trying to fall on those cue points is, is, is difficult. You never know. Uh, In the, some aspects of the wedding. Sure. Just I little mean, things like, like going through the buffet can take five, ten minutes longer. The photographer might need a few extra minutes to take pictures of you before we round everybody up for the grand entrance. They might, if, if your DJ and, and photographer are not communicating, you may realize that you're being stolen away for 20 minutes of sunset pictures that just was not on the schedule. Um, you will receive a couple of timelines for your wedding, but your end goal is to get one super timeline done, and doing it with your musical cues is probably the most 
detailed and, and, and efficient way of, of making that happen. Now, even though you have your timeline, there has to be some flexibility. Uh, and your DJ will know how to handle those moments when more time is needed. The bow fell off the dress. We need another couple seconds before we get everybody lined up, even though everybody's already seen. Bustling the dress, that that always seems to be a, a big delay. You know, most people have an idea how to do it, but they've never actually done it. Or when they feel that they're pressured for time to get that dress bustled before their first dance or, or the grand entrance. It's usually before the grand entrance because the photographer... The photography has probably run a little longer than expected. And then we're in that crunch of getting everybody lined up and everyone in your bridal party is still talking about how wonderful everything was and there's a lot of energy in the room. And then, oops, all of a sudden we realize you've got to bustle your dress. Well, unless it's a simple bustle with two or three hitch points, you probably have some sort of diagram for it. So make sure you allow time for that. Um, but more importantly, have a DJ that can maneuver in and out and through these times and not be hung up on running things like a ship because you need to have that flexibility, not only because the food may have been prepared a little earlier and they didn't want the meat to get overcooked or some other unknown circumstance might happen. I think another one of the things, too, is is a DJ who does a lot of weddings remains in, a, in kind of a constant state of fluidity. And they absorb a lot of the stress that you and your bridal party and your parents don't have to absorb. That's primarily one of the reasons why a professional wedding DJ uh, charges what they charge, because it's their responsibility to take upon all the stress of the situation, keep a smile on their face, keep everybody happy, and, and, and make everyone feel, hey, everything's going great. I'm not stressed. This is a, a happy day and a great moment. And, and maintaining that throughout your event for five or six hours can really, really be a, a, a challenge. And DJs that do weddings for a living really know how to manage that stress, I think. And I, I often ask people, you know, put your... Put yourself in, in a DJ's shoes. You've got people running up to him saying, hey, when are we going to get things going? Or can you play this song later? Or, you know, I just really wanted to make a request and make sure you have this. And, and they're constantly running things in their head. They're looking at a timeline trying to make things every, everything work. And at the same time, be fun and friendly and, and approachable. So people feel like, hey, you know, this is, you know, I can have a little bit of, of myself in this party too. Exactly. A DJ is more than just somebody who pushes buttons and stands behind a table. They are more or less your director. They are the ones that are controlling everything that's happening within your event. They are like your like a movie director or, I, I kind or of a video it. director. I always think of like the bus driver. You've got this big bus full of people. And the DJ is the driver and your coordinator who's got the event and the timeline. They're kind of the navigator. And it's up to the DJ to let everybody know, you know when to do certain things. Or if you think of it like a bus, it's when to, hey, when are we going to get off the bus? And this is, a, you know, this is when we're going to take care of these types of things and do it in a tactful way. They don't just come out and say, all right, you know, we got to take care of business. 
and but they really make a point of of making this every single event a memorable and fun event while keeping and maintaining a good time so nothing seems to lag and everything seems to flow imagine yourself at your job and you've got your tasks ahead of you that the boss dropped on your lap and yet you've got all your co-workers you've got your associates everyone's making different demands of you and then oh my gosh the phone rings well, that's what's happening whenever the DJ is behind his board. <laughs> the phone keeps ringing. The guests keep coming up and asking questions. The ballroom captain or the caterer is saying, hey, I need a few more minutes. The champagne's not poured, and you're about to roll into toasts, and nobody has anything to lift uh, and, and hold up and toast and drink to. These are just the little details nobody really seems to think about. They just imagine that it's going to happen. And when you hire a professional wedding DJ to do your event, these things do just happen and it is kind of like magic it just kind of keeps the day flowing because they're communicating and coordinating with the right people at the event and they're skilled at what they're doing i'm it's it's the fact that they've had repetitious weddings prior to yours and that they've seen everything that can go wrong and you'll never see everything that can go wrong (laughs) and that they can maintain a smile on their face and a cool calm composure right i mean that is super super important it is a quite a stressful job and they need to know how to flow in and out of events as well as requests requests are a whole nother aspect of djing absolutely i think there's so many, especially club DJs, they hate requests. In fact, it was when DJs really started becoming uh, something on the main scene, and you can probably trace it back as early as disco and Studio 54, these DJs would trap themselves in these rooms with closed doors, and they were not the center of attention. The, the dance floor was the center of attention, and there was no way to get in there and request a song. You just hoped that they were going to play what they play. With a wedding DJ, they're right out there in the open. They're they're uh, should be eager and ready to have anyone come up to them and and talk to them and and being able to listen to someone, take the request, run it through your head very quickly in your own mental library and think: Is this really appropriate for a wedding? Uh, if it if it's you know one of the new songs, you know some of the hip hop songs that might be uh, questionable, are they able to? to know the lyrics or at least know the songs well enough that they can edit the lyrics. You got to remember this is, it's not just watching out for things like profane language, but really making sure that it's a good song. There's every breath you take. It's one you always like to bring up that, Mm -hmm. that it's not a love song. It's a stalker song. And it's played at so many weddings. Even today, they, you know, so many DJs think, Oh, it's a classic love song. It's not a love song. And there's so many slow dance songs, I think, that don't, don't really belong at a wedding there. I want you back. Uh, I, I wish we didn't break up. Or just because a song or is I'm slow. Or I'm longing for you. Yeah, I miss you. Uh, there's, there's just so many meanings in songs. And, and a great wedding DJ is really going to take the time to know that everything in their wedding playlist is going to be happy it's going to be, it doesn't have to necessarily be a love song. It's just got to be about good things, about happy things and, and, and happy situations. So your guests 
maintain with the ambience of the music, they continue to smile. They continue to talk and have a good time and, and laugh out loud. That's what we want. Exactly. There it is. I said exactly It's again. a drinking game now. <laughs> yep. Third podcast we've deemed anytime we repeat our words, it's a new drinking game. <laughs> Another thing on requests, if your DJ does not take requests for your wedding and cannot appease your guests, then move on to the next guy. Yeah. In today's day and age, there's no reason that a DJ can't have a broadband connection, whether it's on their cell phone or, ra- or built into their computer or their iPad or whatever it is that they're using as their main device. There's no reason, you know, we do everything we possibly can to stay up to date with our music. And, and my brides are the ones who typically are turning me on to some of the best new greatest hits. Actually, the last one to turn us on to our best, latest, and greatest <laughs> was a cheerleader. Was a cheerleader. Always trust a cheerleader. Cheerleaders know their music. They know it's, what's fun to dance to and, and what has good hooks in it. And there's no shame in that either. I mean, no matter how many DJ magazines you keep up with, no matter how much you look online for the top 20 hits that Billboard just put out, something's going to have just uh, come out on the radio yesterday. Right. And we have to keep honing our skills and tightening up our library. And that's another thing about DJs is that they should continue their education. Oh, absolutely. There's, you'll never know everything. And, and the second that a DJ is, is pompous or cocky enough to say, oh, I've seen it all. I, I know exactly what you guys are going to want. Run away. Run for the hills. This is not the guy you're going to want because they are already shutting off their ability to learn and become a better DJ for weddings in, in particular. And, and, and or cater their event towards you. I mean, this is, this is your day. And if they want to play their list or think they've got it all under control, you might, you might question that. So that's a big question to ask any DJ you're ever interviewing is, do you take requests? And what happens if a song is requested and you don't have it in your library? Can you get it? Do you have... The ability to get it online. And those that come to you and say, oh, I've got 50,000 songs. I've got a million <laughs> songs in my library. Well, yeah, you know what? So do I. And it's called Amazon. Or Yeah, well, exactly. You really, really need to take into close consideration. There's so many music share sites out there, and there's so many bad copies of songs, especially new songs and popular songs, that if the DJ's just getting the songs for free the odds that it's going to be a good quality copy or sound good are are very slim. You need you need to ask your DJ, do you buy your music? It's it's a it's not a big deal these days. You know, a song is a buck and, you know, and if just, you're paying over $1000, they can buy, they can spend that dollar for a song. Yeah, absolutely. It's you think about a decade or two decades ago when a bride would request a specific song. If a DJ didn't have it, he'd have to drive to three or four record stores and go buy the entire album for 13 or 14 or $15 or CD. And now you don't have to do that. And so there's no excuse unless it's a real rare cut of something that wasn't maybe published and it wasn't available, readily available. Or, or if you've got a copy you can offer and say, you know, I really love this acoustic version of Eddie Vedder. And it was never recorded. I've only found it on YouTube. And if that's the only way you can get it, you know, that's fine. You got to remember this is a private party. And, and as far as legality goes, the DJs are allowed to do that. But they need the ability. They have to be up with technology. And they have to have the latest equipment and abilities to do this. 
I, I think uh, you had mentioned, you know, you should, you should ask your DJ, what was the last piece of equipment you bought? And, and Well, we'll get to the equipment, but what's the last song you bought? Right, what was the last song you bought? What, what was the last song you bought, Chad? Oh, you're killing me, putting me on the spot. I think one of the, the, the last mainstream what it must have been uh, uh, Celine Gomez. Yes, Yeah. exactly. I Love You Like a Love Song. And that was one of the most recent ones I bought. Now that song probably has been around for months. But it was but, requested at the last wedding. Yep. And boom. It, it, I had it. I hit it. Thanks to a cheerleader. Exactly. <laughs> well, there you go. Have drink. another drink. <laughs> <laughs> so requests are very, very big on our list. And, and now you don't have to have a DJ that allows requests. Just know it ahead of time. Say, if you really, really want a DJ... To stick, to stick to your playlist, and you build the playlist for them, make sure they do, if, if that's what you want. I've, I've done a few weddings where they were not dancers. They really just wanted to, to kind of chill and hang out by the hedge. It was an outdoor wedding. It was in a, on a Sunday afternoon. People weren't really drinking too much, but they wanted to catch up and socialize. And so they selected music that would kind of reflect the, the hanging out at a bar. So I made sure I stuck to the playlist, and any good DJ is going to stick to the playlist, the must-plays and the must-not-plays. And, you know, this is up to you as the bride and groom to decide, are these bands and songs I really don't want at my wedding? You give the DJ a, a great arsenal of, of ability, so when someone runs up and say, hey, you know, can you play YMCA? And the DJ looks at his playlist or the must not playlist and shows, oh, you know, the bride and groom really didn't want that. Song. We've already repeated ourselves. That was in show number two. Sure. But it just gives you the <laughs> ability. You got to know that your DJ is going to be flexible like that. And professional wedding DJs are used to that. They're used to sticking to a list. And they're used to the fact that if, if you requested it, you really wanted to hear it, you think all of your friends are going to love it and it bombs. They'll get out of it and get into something new. And, and keep the party flowing. Nobody yeah, likes awkward, awkward songs and silence. <laughs> no, and make sure that they're willing to change out of the song when the dance floor empties and try something else. Because I think I mentioned before, a failed dance floor uh, is a natural evolution. You have to get your couple dances out of this group, and then the next group will come in and dance to another era of, of music. But uh, I want to go back and touch on the education. It was just last month I went to the Mobile DJ Conference. Mobile Beat in Las Vegas. It's an annual conference. And that was three days of solid learning and seminars. And just the world of wealth that I took away from that is immeasurable. And, And how I can provide brides better service and give you guys the 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 disney magic of weddings that is my passion and find every little trip trick and tip that i can to achieve that and as well as on the tech side there were seminars that dealt specifically with remixes and And lighting and lighting sure but a good dj you might want a specific song for your grand entrance and a good DJ has got the ability to create a custom remix of the song to, so it doesn't enter the lyrics too quickly, maybe. So you you go ahead and loop the intros and have the ability to create a custom version of that song specifically for you and your bridal party to come in and, and, and if they're really good to actually hit the chorus when they announce the bride and groom and the new Mr. And Mrs. This is, 
these are skills that that uh, most wedding DJs should have, and they should have the software that allows them to do that, or the, or or good computer uh, DJ software that allows them to do it on the fly if they're really really good, and they can handle it and manage it. And in these uh, workshops and seminars, we also get to learn about new equipment and the newest tech and how to stay up in social networking and all sorts of things. But learning about equipment is a huge thing. And staying on top of the latest and greatest means that you'll never have issues with your equipment. Our our equipment, I know that once we get to the warranty date, we look to trade up. Oh, absolutely. And and there's a lot of things to take into consideration. Uh, You can make a great concert with a lot of these great big older speakers, but the trend really now is I don't want to see my DJ speakers on these big old stands and wires hanging down and giant or oversized sound systems that are just too loud and nobody can socialize. There really is a happy medium that a good sound engineer or DJ is going to know how to maximize that area and, and make it so it's just loud enough. So everyone on the floor is having a great time but the people that are in the back of the room are able to still talk or are able to step away just far enough so they're, you're just not blasting everybody out. There's nothing more annoying than when the music is just too loud and you're yelling and everyone goes home with a sore throat. Or <laughs> the only thing that comes to mind really is uh, the film festival. And we had a DJ that was going to provide sound for this film festival. And he said that he was going to bring in the wonderful speakers that he had from Neil Diamond's concerts. I think the way he said it is, I have, I have Neil Diamond's old system. Well, what's the key word in that system? Old. Or in that sentence, old. Exactly, <laughs> it was. In fact, I think he drove the electric bill of that resort uh, probably double for that you know, one weekend that they used this just incredibly noisy and hissy. There was not one sound coming through it, but a the oh, entire time that, that and, when somebody wasn't on the microphone. Oh, on, on the wireless mics, and he didn't have a backup, so, hey, oh, no, we have a buzz. They sat there and tried to troubleshoot it right in the middle of the big event instead of running up there or having a wired mic ready to go. Oh, you know what? Something happened. Frequency fluctuated. Something happened. Here, here's a backup mic, and we're on it. So you're, what you're paying your DJ for also goes towards the upkeep of his equipment, and the last thing you want is something failing. So keep that in consideration when you are writing the check to the DJ saying, is it really worth it? <laughs> we, you just asked me this. You said, so what was the last piece of equipment we bought? And we said it was about a month and a half ago. We upgraded our lighting and we already had almost $2,000 invested in it. We We're not another... talking dance floor lighting. We're no, talking up lighting. Ambient up lighting. And we needed, we needed more control over our lights so we spent an additional $700 just to do an upgrade to the lights we already own. But those were $2,500 lights. Right. So now we're at close to $3,000 for these lights that you're going to be paying two, $300 for to use at your event. And, you know, the fact that they're new, the fact that they're clean and they're not all scuffed up and, and have dings and dents all over them shows that your DJ is continually buying new equipment. Keeping your wedding top-notch, just as you've always wanted it to be. And it doesn't have to cost you a million. It just, it just needs a good quality person that's going to make it, make it look and sound as good as it possibly can for the money. 
someone who cares, someone that's a professional, someone that actually lives, eats, and breathes weddings and or larger events. Someone that returns phone calls and returns emails within 24 hours or a reasonable time to like, hey, I'm really busy. Can I call you back? What's a good time to call you? At least something. Exactly. And that leads up... Okay, that's my problem. I got to work on that. That leads up to their reputation. And when you get a full-time DJ, someone that does not rely on a nine-to-five job somewhere else, their livelihood depends on it. So they're always going to give you 150%. They're not going to slack. They're not going to show up late. They're going to be dressed nice. They're going to have all of their wires nicely tied to their equipment so that it's not a spaghetti factory <laughs> i mean for lack a of a great better description word. i like that it's not a spaghetti factory i like that because it, so many djs out there just set up their stuff and it's completely unsightly but if you have somebody that cares if you have somebody that's full-time they'll care about it they'll give you the best service possible because their next job depends on it. And what's the stat on that? This is kind of interesting. We just learned this a few weeks ago. Only 20% of mobile DJs are full-time. Are full-time and do it for a living, which means that 8 out of 10 DJs are doing some other Monday through Friday 9 to 5 job. And Friday night, they cram to crank out your playlist and hopefully they get everything right and don't get anything wrong. And, and then they'll... they'll jump out to the bar, do their bar gig, and then right. they'll show up all sleepy and hungover for you guys the next day. And that's not fair. It's not fair to you. In fact, just recently, I turned down a Sunday wedding knowing that I had a Saturday wedding that was going to go late that night, and the Sunday wedding was going to start at 11 a.m., and I was right up front with them and say, I'd love to do your job. I really would. It's one of my favorite venues, and it sounded like a great group, but I'm just going to do you an injustice. If I, if I only get five hours of sleep, because I put everything I've got into my weddings, I have a lot of energy, and I try to make it contagious, and you're getting a DJ that's going to do a bar gig till two, three o'clock in the morning and then just open his eyes at 8 a.m. or 9 and get to your venue within 30 minutes and not be set up on time. These are the things you have to be concerned about. And not only that, Chad, but you told me that you wore your pedometer to a wedding that you did. I did. I did. And <laughs> just standing in one spot. And I don't stand. I bounce. You bounce. <laughs> he bounces very well. <laughs> But he bounces two and a half miles every stinking wedding he does. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of energy that, and what do you say? Energy begets energy. Mm -hmm. So if the DJ's good positive energy, not stupid hokey energy, but good positive energy is putting out a good vibe and people see the DJ's having fun, then they're having fun and the bride and groom are having fun. It, it all winds together and it's because you have a quality DJ that's still got a passion for what they do. They love the music they're playing, even though they've heard it a million times, the same song over and over, but they still find a love and a passion for making that song bring so much joy and happiness to the dance floor. Exactly. So when, there you go, drink. Even though you, <laughs> you said it twice, oh, Chad, no, you pointed out I in did. me. I did. I did. Drink. <laughs> drink again. <laughs> I want to break it down for you at the tail end of this. Uh, and I'll have Chad help me out with this. But when you bring the cost of your wedding DJ down to a cost per head, figure out the real value in and the weight on his shoulder, sold, 
soldiers, the soldiers, soldiers, <laughs> um, of what, what, it, what the value truly is. I, it's really easy to do this math in your head when you're thinking about when you're putting everything together for your wedding. You've got a hundred people. Let's keep the math really, really easy. You've got your meals and they're 30, 35, $40 a head or more, a hundred dollars a head, $200 a head for a, a spectacular steak dinner or something. You've got your flowers, which come in, they, they could be anywhere from three, four, five dollars a head. Depending. I know a florist that won't do it for less than $600 per wedding. But you think about it. Let's say, let's put $3 a head on a florist. Well, three times a hundred, that's $300. It's more than that. But when you take your uh, wedding favor, and on average, these are like your boxes of Jordan almonds all the way up to, let's say, a photo booth picture. The value that you put just on that wedding favor is exceeding what your budget for your DJ, who's going to be there from start to finish. They're the one vendor that's there the entire time from before the wedding starts to, be to when the wedding ends. They're putting in the most hours. They're putting in the most time. And it's usually the least amount of money that, on average, brides are paying for an event. So if you just look at your DJ, and we had said in a previous show, at least $1,000, that's only $10 a head for that 100-person wedding. But wait, 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 wait. A concert. Oh, sure. Or going out to a movie or going to a play, which is what, two hours of entertainment? Right, and you're $12, $15, $20 or more a concert, 45 you know, is basic. And what's the DJ doing? They're providing sound, entertainment, and, and for six hours, five to six hours, and to get them at ten dollars a head, when you think about it, is is really kind of a bargain. <laughs> it's really a bargain. And and there's more and more DJs that are coming in at the twenty dollars a head when they're really professional MCs, or thirty dollars a head, or forty dollars a head. But it's okay. It's worth it when you are looking for the overall factor of the wedding because they're the one vendor that gets the least amount of attention. They're the last chosen. Usually the last one that people think about, oh, yeah, we need to get a DJ. And they're the absolute biggest uh, or the absolute one vendor that can destroy a wedding. Hands down. Because our job, when it's done properly, everybody leaves the wedding after and they remember what a great time they had. If they if they had a bad meal, they don't always talk about how bad the food was or how great it was or how the flowers looked or how the dress looked or how the venue was or anything other than the entertainment value. It, that That is what, what sticks in their head most of all. But for you, it's your photographs. And if you have a rotten DJ, all of those photographs are won't mean anything but a very, very bad memory of... of the time that you and your guests had that DJ that forgot the song or who was corny or whose system blew up and he, and the party ended early or played the song from the last wedding, just different things. You need to hire a professional and you need to pay them what they're worth and put more value on them than your veggie platter or your cheese platter, cheese platter. That's it. Isn't it a cheese platter that can get pretty pricey. Aren't they like five, six, seven dollars a head for, at some of these hotels or more. Exactly. So if you think about it in, in all of your vendors, from your photographer to your florist and, and the entertainment and the value that's being provided, it's a great way to kind of categorize your items and your priorities is to think about what am I paying per head? Okay, so if food's $50 a head, food only lasts 45 minutes. 
And, and that's a lot of value to be placed on a plate of a protein, a vegetable, and a starch. That they're all too hungry for, and they eat it way too fast, and then they forget about it. But a hungry crowd can still stay entertained with a really good DJ. Exactly, and they'll stay all Drink. night long. I think that's it for this show, and if I'm not mistaken, you should stay tuned to our next show. We're going to be talking about timelines. Timelines. Timelines and, and planning a, a wedding that's not too long, not too short, and maintains a really good flow. So we'll see you next time. And if you've got any specific questions or anything you'd like us to discuss on one of our upcoming shows, you can email us at podcast at arrowheaddj.com. 